0: Now, we, now that we know, that's a good opening right there. Start with that.
1: Who um, knew there were instructions
0: when who you knew go to instru- a party? That's right. And that's what this show does. That's what Dear Anxiety does. You're listening to Dear Anxiety because you need instructions to a party. It's really instructions for life. It's instructions for emotions and thoughts. It's a show that deals with how we relate to our emotions and thoughts, our emotions, our feelings emotional fitness, mental well-being, and no place do those issues come up more quickly than the moment you open the door to walk into a party. There's a party in our heads that's going on 24 hours a day. And it's the same kind of discomfort that you feel when you go to a party, which is an excitement, certainly, but a whole range of things. And it's very difficult to think accurately and to see a clear picture of what actually is going on because there's too much stuff that's going on in your head because of the party in your head. My name is Ed Krasnick, I'm your co-host, along with Rini Jane, who's coming up shortly, even though you, you've heard her already, but I, I need to tell you a little bit more about her because she's not a person that can just, she can come right in, but you really need a little background here. Rini has been been working in the field of resilience and well-being and applied positive psychology for many years. Starting with, Studying with the father of applied positive psychology, Martin Seligman at the University of Pennsylvania, and then went on to create a company that has helped so many people called GoZen, and GoZen.com is a company that teaches resilient skills through animation and creative play to kids, families, parents, all over the world. There are conferences. You're going to hear about what's coming, on at, coming up at GoZen, which is incredible stuff and helpful stuff. But right now if she's not already if you, if you're still in the studio, Rainy I have <laughs> left the studio. Elvis has left the building and Elvis is dealing with his feelings right now wherever he is. This is so when you say succeeding at parties, you came up with this topic and I was like, "What? What are we talking about here? Is this a personal thing? What's going on?"
1: Yeah, we, we, you know, whether we admit it or not, we all have certain expectations that we set in our heads, right, before we go into a social event. And kids and tweens and teens certainly do this. So whether that expectation is to make some friends, to meet somebody, maybe just not to embarrass ourselves, we set some sort of goals for ourselves in order to be good and happy and enjoy the party, right? And so this is about. How to actually meet those expectations, or maybe change those expectations, or maybe not have any expectations. Well,
0: that really, you said it there because that is the thing. Having expectations changes your experience. And it's very difficult to be open to what comes when you have expectations. It's very difficult to be open to what comes. It's like going to a movie where you've read all the reviews. And you go in and you think, I have a preconceived idea of what this is and how good it's going to be. And then you go in, it doesn't meet those, but you haven't really experienced the movie because you had this plan of what it was supposed to be.
1: That is exactly what it is. It's like you've read all the reviews, then you come in and you're like, wait a second, hold the phone. This is completely different than I thought it was going to be. Or you just have in the, you just end up having a completely different experience than you had hoped for. So today we're going to talk about such an interesting topic. I really didn't know that anybody studied this, but you know, Ed, I have been talking up a storm about this event that we're having on March 3rd through 6th. And this event is called the Confident Child Summit. It's totally free, so you can go to confidentchildsummit.com and you can register. But one of the amazing people that I interviewed for this event, her name is Vanessa Van Edwards, and she has the best title. Her title is Lead Investigator at the Science of People. So she literally studies people's behavior, and she studies what it really takes to be successful with people, which I think is wonderful if we are trying to raise confident, resilient kids. So today we're going to talk a little bit about her work. We're going to talk a little little bit about partying. We're going to talk about Ed. Whatever's going on. You said you had a party in your head. We can talk about that.
0: We will. Yeah, it's it's ongoing. It's on. It's been going on for many years, a uh, half a century at least. And this is really this is really interesting because a lot comes into the, a lot goes into this that we don't think about, especially with parties. I think people in general have this view of parties that it's that it's really challenging and that it's really not a very comfortable experience for most people.
1: It's uncomfortable. And it's so funny. I was, so I was asking Vanessa, do you really study people at parties? And she's like, oh, yeah, to the point where I will map it out almost like a telestrator right? <laughs> that it. I do like put on during games. And she'll be like, you should stand here. You shouldn't stand here. Actually, I think it's better if I play a clip because I asked her, About entering a party. Do you want to hear what she had to say?
0: I love it because I'm a big football fan and this will equate it to having a plan.
1: Absolutely.
2: So the way that it works in an event is there's three different zones, start zone, the end zone, and the social zone. So the start zone is like right when you walk in somewhere. And the biggest rookie mistake you can make is standing right at the entrance. The problem with this is you get people when they're also in their most anxiety and everyone has something to do. They're looking for someone to know, they want to go to the bathroom, they want to put their coat down, they want to get punched, punch, they want to get a snack, they want to talk to the DJ, whatever. So you don't actually want to stand right when people- That's
1: where you're getting your bearings,
2: right? When you walk into the room and you're like, you're sort of checking it out yourself to see where you should go. Right. But a lot of times the most nervous people stand there because they want to get people right as they walk in. That's actually, you don't want to stand there. The other place you don't want to stand is you don't want to stand right near the bathroom. <laughs> um, that's also awesome. where you to stand. Beautiful end things there. The best place to stand is either an eyeline of the host. So if you're at like a birthday party or a party, uh, standing near the host is great because then the host can see you and see someone else, then bring you over to introduce you or right as people are leaving the food line or right as people are leaving the drink line. And that's because of that universal instinct that happens when you have your drink or you have your food and you turn to the room and you're like, who do I talk to? It's also the one time you're probably going to get to get people who aren't already in their clique, right? Because we will often leave our people or our people get split up in a line. So the, sometimes the only way to break into a group is as they're exiting the drink line or as they're exiting the buffet line or the raffle ticket line or whatever is right when they're on their own for like that 20 seconds where their group finishes.
1: She was so specific. She has been studying. She literally goes in with like data at a party and watches people and where they stand and what they do and what they do with their hands. And it's amazing to me. You guys cannot miss her full one hour interview again it's at confidentchildsummit.com because it's so good but i've never i mean i have thought about those things but i've never thought about the position i stand in when i go to a party
0: well no i i usually am in a very strange position but i have to say i'm i'm i don't want to say i mean this is an area of life where i think i've become used to the discomfort of it but i'm just really good at talking with people so when I go to a party, uh, I'll find somebody. And, and all my whole thing is I just have to find somebody to connect with. And usually, with me, the best way for me to connect is to comment on the party itself, to comment on the experience of being at a party. Let's not pretend that we're not in a weird place. You know, we're at a party, and this is what's going on, and there's a lot of excitement, and there's a lot of whatever it is. And that's usually a way in. To talk to people and maybe you don't have the right connection, but sometimes it opens people up just to say this is a very, this is not a usual experience, right?
1: Yes. I mean, it. I, I can imagine being at a party with you. I'm not sure if we've ever been at a party together, but Ed is a great talker and you're a people person and that comes naturally to you. And you're also funny. You know, you are just really funny. I mean, whenever, no matter what it is that Ed and I are doing, whether we're doing Dear Anxiety or we're just hanging out, he just makes you laugh. And you're very likable because of that. I mean, for many reasons, right? But that's one reason that it's fun to be around you. So it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I asked Vanessa about is that we work with kids a lot and they will often say to us, you know, I think it would be easier for me in social situations if I were funnier. And can I just like, how do I do that? You know, what do I do about that? So I would, I'm so interested to hear your feedback on this clip.
2: I'm going to
0: play it now. This is Vanessa again.
2: So being funny is a social strength. So that's actually a skill, just like learning how to speak Spanish being funny is actually a skill which i didn't realize like i thought you were either kind of born with it or you accidentally did it no funny is actually a skill and you're on the right track if you're reading joke books it means you know it's a skill and you know it's something you can learn the thing is is people don't like knowing that you're trying to make them laugh so if you're like i have a joke people all automatically put their clothes their blinders on so what I'd actually recommend doing is um, there's a wonderful gentleman. His name is David Nyehill He's a really good friend of mine. He's a comedian. And he helped me work on a blog post on how to be funny. And he, as well as one of our fellow friends who's a researcher, broke down the science of being funny with some very specific tips. And so I recommend reading that blog post. One of them, to give you kind of a start, is we typically like when we hear three things, but the third thing is a surprise, especially if it's something that we hear all the time. An example that might be Like if I were to say, hello, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard that a million times before. But if I were to add a third thing, it makes it funny like this, ladies, gentlemen, and tacos. How are you? Oh, that's funny. Like, it's just silly. So that's called the rule of three. And it's using a list of three or making a list of three with a third one as a surprise.
1: So the list of three, but you know what, Ed, like what I would Mm -hmm. say is that- I don't know if I would coach a kid on being funny. I think it's great if they're reading joke books, if they're learning the skills of being funny, but I'm not sure if that, if you don't have some raw amount of that or you don't feel comfortable with what you've practiced in terms of the skill of being funny, if I would advocate that for a kid going in if they feel nervous about going to a party, would you?
0: I would not. But, I, you know, Shana, and my daughter, I talk to all the time about the, about the rule of three and about comedy rules and about all these things. Yes, Anding. The thing about this is, the easiest way to be funny is to look at what's in front of you, and actually say it. And and Give then an and then you find your way. Okay. So so look at me right now. I'm sitting in an office with a headset that looks like I'm working at a convenience store, and I'm lo- I'm sitting in a headset with it looks like it works like a convenience store, but I'm in an office and I'm supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> And I think that that's very funny. OK, the lights are on and I look like an operator for Time Life Books right now. And and to me, that's, you know, there's there's some humor in that. And also, I just took a drink order, which I shouldn't be doing because I'm, no one's ordering it. But to me, the situation of you take where you are. So you walk into a party. And you say, there's a lot of people here. You know, it's very scary to me. And I think I'm going to go sit here in the corner. Will you join me? You're stating what's in front of you. You're not trying to build something that's not there. You're just extending the, exact. that's one kind of comedic technique is exaggerating. And to me, a way to deal with feelings and thoughts that are uncomfortable is to exaggerate them. So that's something I that's really that. easy for kids because kids love to exaggerate. And they, and, and really exaggerate. I mean, superhero, you know, exponential exaggeration is a great comedic tool. And it's something that kids at any age have, especially if you're silly. I felt this way. I felt like I was on the moon and there was a planet dropping on my head. Really? I wish I felt that way because I feel like there's 10 planets. You know, it's very easy for people to do this, especially for kids. So teach exaggeration, encourage exaggeration and imagination, you know?
1: So I want to ask you this, how do you incorporate feedback to know if you're going too far, if you should, you know, if people are understanding your humor? And I I think this kind of feedback, like being able to read social cues goes for regardless of whether your goal is to be humorous, right? Because some kids, Are practicing the skill of humor. Maybe it's in yes and, maybe it's in exaggeration, maybe it's in just narrating, you know, what's going on around them. Maybe they're using the rule of three in whatever way. But you kind of have to know whether what you're doing is landing with other people. I'm sure you've been on stage before, or maybe you've never had this happen before, Ed, where a joke just doesn't land.
0: (laughs) This is often when comedians are at their funniest to other comedians, because when you bomb and no one's getting anything and there's another comedian in the back of the room, they know and then you're playing to them. But it really, it's happened to me so many times. You're not really a comedian until you bomb a million times. You have to continue to bomb, and that's the way you learn. But I think what you're saying is, how do you check on it? How can you be aware? How do you know if something is landing?
1: Right, because the the episode is about how to succeed at a party, but really this is about how... To show up as yourself and, like, be able to thrive in a social situation.
0: Yeah, one really good thing that you can do is you can actually check on it. You can actually ask. And that becomes a comedic window as well that you can jump into, which is, and I do it all the time. I say, am I yelling? <laughs> and people <laughs> laugh. But I'm saying, am I yelling? It's absurd. But I'm saying, am I yelling? Because I'm, I'm aware that I may be coming across you know, that what I'm saying might not be landing. And as soon as I say, am I yelling? It gets people's attention and it makes them laugh at the same time. So you say something about the way you're coming across. You say something, am I talking too slowly? Am I talking too fast? Are you, am I yelling? I'm yelling, aren't I? Am I, should I sing? I feel like I should sing here. And you make some comment on it. So it disarms the situation. You will get a laugh but you're also kind of in a sneaky way sort of commenting on how am I coming across really?
1: Let's talk about expectations for a second. So we were talking about this idea, we're talking about this idea, of a kid wanting to use humor really to feel confident and be successful in a social situation or what they feel is successful. Now, you talked about bombing on stage, and that's just part of being a comedian and part of the learning process. And, you know, you're kind of not really even doing it right if you're not bombing once in a while. How do you get through that? Like, how do you get through when you do bomb? And it's obviously a disappointment. And how do you recommend a kid getting through that?
0: Well, one you know <laughs> one of the things and this is a thing that enacted actors do and it could be a very good good thing is that you figure out you get you get kind of realistic sort of benchmarks in what you can do in a party. I'm going to go to this party and if I talk to one person and I have a brief conversation that's a success in my mind. If I go to this party I'm going to take three breaths when I get in, and that will be my goal for the party. You, you give yourself an anchor that's something that's real and realistic, not crazy, not I'm going to meet five people tonight, and we're going to go out for, you know, and they're going to be my best friends, but I'm going to breathe three times, and I'm probably I'm going to have, start up one conversation with one person before the, before the party's over. That's my goal.
1: I love that. It actually reminds me of some research by a lady named Jane Dutton on high quality connections. And really, this is about the quality. I'm going to repeat the three words. It's about the Or rearrange them. It's about the quality of the connection being high, right? as opposed to the quantity of people that you know or that you're hanging out with. And she has three different attributes, I believe, for a high-quality connection. One is that you feel really energized by the interaction. You know, you're not drained by it. You're not like, oh, my goodness, I'm obligated to talk to this person. You're actually really engrossed in the conversation, and you feel kind of a sense of vitality, right? A sense of feeling alive and energetic. And then you have positive regard. And kind of seeing the best in the other person also there is mutuality right so both people are engaged and both parties are really actively participating and that is what qualifies as a high quality connection now we can make all of that language accessible for kids right but the point is is that you can go to a party and maybe even only have like one of those conversations but i've i know that i've done this i've gone into a room with 500 people in one of those conversations, I will be floating on cloud nine for the rest of the night.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like really connecting with somebody. And if you have one one conversation like that, it changes your whole experience. It can change your whole experience. And even if it's a brief connection, that's enough. I mean, that can be that can be enough. Years ago, I used to work with a professor at Syracuse University. His name was Saul Gordon, and he was a famous his class was very famous. He talked about using humor, but one of the things he talked about was, look at the energy in a room. He would say, "Look at the energy of all the people, and all the people are being very dramatic and demanding a lot of attention, look at them, and then go talk to someone else. Go talk to the people who aren't doing those things." because what he was trying to get across is that the people who are being quiet or who are just being present at a party, you're going to have a really good quality experience with them, not the people who are demanding a lot of attention. You think you need to go to those areas. Go to the other people. You may find something there.
1: That's so interesting. And again, I think it's a great segue into something that I was talking to Vanessa about, which is if you've ever been in a conversation with someone at a social event or a party, and you realize you're not holding their attention. Have you ever had that happen before? Their eyes start darting around.
0: Many, or many they're times.
1: they're shifty or they're like, huh? Like they're just not listening to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can be extremely hurtful to anybody. And so I asked Vanessa about that. And this is what she had to say.
2: There's not a hard and fast rule for this because sometimes it's warranted, right? So Sometimes, especially at a dance, you're there to kind of see and be seen. So I'm a big proponent of not fighting natural social urges, right? It's going to be hard at a dance, especially in the first hour to have a really captivating conversation when it's just the two of us, because everyone wants to see who's there. They want to see who they're with. They want to see what they're wearing. That's a natural social urge. So I would say honor that in the first hour of a dance or a party, say to this person you're talking to hey let's go stand over there so we can watch everyone as they come in and then you go off to the side you maybe find seats or you sit at a high table up to the side and then you can be like oh wow jeremy just got here hey jeremy or oh is that is that brad who did he bring and that way you're not fighting something that's happening naturally you're actually making that a part of it and then they enjoy being with you because they're like oh we can talk side by side." As opposed to like this and having overhead gazing. And we actually can do the fun part of what we're here for, which is to see and be seen.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, those, those moments are so. How do you, how do you, what, what did you think when she said that? How did that, how did, what registered for you?
1: I just love that she is so incredibly specific. You know, a lot of the questions that I asked her were not sent to her in advance. I often do that for those of you guys who have ever attended one of my summits. I'm pretty notorious for going off script, you know, from what I've discussed with the speaker. And so I was just following up with question after question. And I find it amazing that, you know, again, she's a behavioral investigator is what she calls herself for the science of people. I find it amazing that she has truly done her research on what helps a child. So she's worked with a lot of kids. She's worked with a lot of teens, and then she's worked with a lot of professionals. So what helps a human really feel like they're thriving in a social environment. So what hit for me there was, yeah, you know, you don't have to pretend when you're in a social situation that you're only going to hang out with one person and that you're going to give them your undivided attention, that it is okay to follow your urges and to be inclusive of this other the people that you're with or the person that you're with, but also be able to be like, yeah, I'm looking around, you know, I'm I'm here to explore. I, I loved that. I loved what she had to say. And I love, again, that it's based in a lot of data points that she has collected.
0: Well, I tell you, I this I relate to, you know, of course, all of these things personally. What I try to do is when I'm talking to somebody and I really strike up a conversation with them and there's somebody standing to my left or to my right, I try to cheat it out, meaning I open the circle. I turn my body because I want to include the other person, and I'm really good at this because I'm a, I'm a natural host. But I always try to be aware that there's somebody who may, who I might be able to bring into it. Now it doesn't mean that we're going to talk to that person necessarily, but I'm inviting them in because I turn my body. I don't. I try not to stand in front, like block people, and so it's just something that I'm. That I'm always aware of. The thing that I'll tell you that's kind of it's this is kind of funny, but I used to do this on stage. It was a party bit that I used to do where people in l a they're always trying to get to meet somebody who can help their career, right? So there's a handshake that I would do where you're actually shaking the person's hands so that you can use them as a way to get to other people. Wait, <laughs> and it what? was like a fun, it was a oh, funny. it was a mean? thing I was making. I was making fun of people who do this, who are like looking elsewhere, you know, where they're talking to you, but they're looking over your head. And the reason why they're looking over your head, is there someone more important here who could help? me. So that's like Hollywood parties. (laughs) And it's kind of like social parties, you know, is there somebody who, you know, I'm attracted to across the room? So I said, why don't we just end up doing this? You reach out and you shake your hand. I was trying to exaggerate it. And then you pull that person toward you so that you can get further behind them. I <laughs> said, so like, this is a great <laughs> exercise. I'm actually using your energy where you want to talk to me to pull you behind me so I can get to somebody who can help me further. And I'm saying it be, to be, you know, too exaggerated. I wouldn't, of course, recommend doing that, but I used to do it on a stage because I thought it was so ridiculous and so crazy. I'd say, why don't we just come out and do this now? But, but this is how you feel. And what she's saying is really great because you're bringing a consciousness to a party. You don't have to just accept the fact that parties are uncomfortable and it's going to be crazy for you. And it might work and it might not work. You can actually plan how you're going to be in the party and what you're going to look for and what's important to you. You can actually have goals as a human being of in terms of what, what's meaningful to you. Change them and make them real. You know, I'm going to talk to the most attractive girl to me in the room. Yeah, That, that may not be the best goal for everything or, the, or boy or vice versa or whatever. I'm going to go in and I'm actually going to pay attention to how I feel in this room. And I'm actually, I'm going to take a couple of breaths because I don't want to feel terribly uncomfortable all the time. I don't need to do that that's not, a, it's not an automatic. If you're a kid, if you're an adult, it's not an automatic that you have to go into these situations and feel like crap. Like that's not, that's not, it's not because all parties are like that. It's, it's because we don't take care of ourselves in those situations.
1: Absolutely. You know, and there are going to be moments where you might feel a little bit awkward and it's okay. I think one of the things that we really need to understand is there is really truly a common humanity around that. There is no one in the world who hasn't at some point or another felt socially awkward. I'm i kind of, I don't really know what to do with my hands, you know, I'm a sort of standing on my own. It's okay. Even Ed, the hostess with the mostest, who's probably amazing at working a room at a party, I'm sure at some point has felt a little bit off or awkward or on his own. And really, truly, it's okay. Can police say that you have felt awkward
0: at some point? Never. I've never really (laughs) felt that. I'll say it for the purpose of what we're doing now, but not really. No, I feel it all the time, and (laughs) and and I think that's why that's why I became the way I the way I am. I just kept going with it, you know. But I feel it all the time, and and the thing is, it's the you know what gets you into trouble with it, and what causes more stress about it is that you don't pay attention to it, and you try harder. There is nothing that makes people more uncomfortable than trying harder. Trying harder in social situations doesn't feel good, and it doesn't get you what you want. Now, when you're on stage and you try harder to get people to laugh, what happens? They laugh less and they feel more It backfires. It, it yeah. always backfires. It Which always I think
1: backfires. is, you know, interesting. It's circling back to that idea of how a kid can read social cues, especially if they're trying out some skills, you know, maybe to be just more outspoken, maybe to be funny. And the ability to read the feedback of who they are presenting themselves to, I think is important because as you said, sometimes we just try harder and then it just becomes worse. Speaking of which, I would love to introduce our segment, the, the one that we don't want you guys to try at home. It's do actually not called. Do this. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try this at home.
0: Don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. And you know, because we're talking about parties, I when it comes to resilience and well being, this is where this segment came from. There's nobody better at being worse than me. I am the before. And that's why we do this segment, Don't Try This at Home. When we talk about parties, these, I'm telling you, and I'm so good at this, at doing these things, these are things that you should not do. When you're at a party, there's a party going on in your head. It's a party of thoughts. It's a party that's crazy. And they're often inaccurate. And what we do is we misinterpret what's going on around us because of the expectations and the party anxiety. So I just decided that I should just be a professional misinterpreter. So that's what I do now, is I am decide I'm going to charge for it. I'm renting myself out as a part, professional party misinterpreter so that others don't have to worry about doing that. So now, Rini, let's do this. Let's just pretend that we're at a party. You can start any conversation you want with me, and I will misinterpret the interaction for you.
1: Okay, that sounds fun. Also, don't try this at home, remember? Don't try this at home.
0: Don't ever do this at all, no. Let me do this, don't you
1: do this. All right, so I'm walking into a party and I'm starting a conversation. Hey, um, I'm Reenie. Oh, this party's kind of wild, isn't it?
0: Everyone is better than me and I'll never be in a relationship. How'd I
1: do? Uh, bingo. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're like an emotional magician.
0: Okay, thank you. And for my next trick, I'm going to make people's feelings disappear. But that's for another show.
1: Hey, so, um, I know a few people here. Who do you know here?
0: I'm nervous and alone. My life is a waste. How was that?
1: Uh, yeah, total bullseye, again. This party is really strange. Actually, I feel kind of awkward at these things. Um, by the way, I'm Rini.
0: I am crying inside, and you are my last hope. Please help me. By the way, my name is Rini.
1: Hey, you got something right!
0: See, see now, this is classic misinterpretation, but we're exaggerating because this is all the crap that goes on, all the stuff that goes on in people's heads, and they leap. You leap to. We talk about leap, leapfrogging. That's a kind of inaccurate thinking, right? It never. It doesn't happen more than in, than in a party situation. This is when the thoughts come out. This is when the party in your head goes off, and none of this stuff is actually happening. No one is thinking these things about you. No one is that you are, but no one else is. So put the party in your head. Don't attend that party so much. Just notice that it is a party in your head and be at the party that you're really at.
1: I love it. Be at the party that you're really at. So one of the pieces pieces of advice uh, that Vanessa gave during her interview for the Confident Child Summit Was talking about (laughs) what do you do when someone, when you're at a party and someone is kind of being clingy to you, but you're trying to maybe meet other people or expand your horizons, you know, and you don't want to be just stuck to this one person. And so she, she's had something very
2: funny to say. And I'd love to play that clip.
0: Sure. Vanessa again.
2: Okay. So, you know, a sticker, like an actual sticker. Yes. The sticker is on your shirt and you pull it off and you try to throw it on the ground. It doesn't work because it's stuck to your thumb, right? A sticky person is the same way. They have to stick to something. You cannot just leave them on their own. They're sticky. They won't do it. They have to stick. So your best <laughs> sorry, I have to crack up. Okay, okay. go ahead. That's <laughs> okay. Like there are certain people like that. It's not bad to be a sticker. It just means that you like to be stuck to something. That's just how that they're. That's how they're grounded, right? So the best thing you can do is find something else or someone else for them to stick to. So it's not, hey, I'm going to go over here by myself. That's like trying to throw a sticker away. It's not going to work. But you can say, oh, there's our friend Natalie. And then you literally walk over to friend Natalie and you're like, hey, you stay with Natalie. I'm going to go explore and do a round.
1: I don't want that to be taken the wrong way because I'm pulling some of these clips obviously out of a longer interview. You know, So we're not talking about throwing away kids. We're not talking about anyone doing anything wrong, honestly, in this situation. The person who is being sticky just wants your attention and maybe likes to be around you. And the other person perhaps has has another need where they're trying to meet other people. So I would love if we could just do a quick role play around this, Ed, and then I think we're going to be wrapping up. Sure. But, you know, where maybe I'm the sticky one to you and you're trying to stick me to someone else. (laughs) Okay.
0: And I'm going to do it the the first time I'm going to do it I'm going to do it in a really, uh, maybe not the best way. Okay, sounds good. Let's see what happens when these creatures encounter one another in the wild. Hey, this is the best party ever, Eddie. I love, you know what? Can I put my arm around your arm? I love being next to you. Hey, John, how's it going? How are you doing? uh, it's so nice to see you again. Anyway, listen. Um, I, I saw. Did you see no. that movie? This is that movie is fantastic. You know, it's called Honeyland. You guys, guys, no. That was an unfortunate meeting for us. So that's that was just me, right? <laughs> that's that's ignoring, yes. and you're just completely overriding them, and that doesn't really work for anybody, and it, it doesn't work for the person doing it either. It's not. It's not a good. It's not a good feeling. And you're really being dismissive and, inclu- and exclusive. And that doesn't work. Doesn't make anybody feel good. Let's try it a different way. Now, what did... Let's try it again. Van- yeah. So Vanessa's advice is to...
1: Is to maybe perhaps introduce them to someone else, because obviously this person has a need to maybe be around someone, have some support, okay. need some attention, you know. And so maybe that if you have the need yourself to go meet other people, then maybe you can introduce your friend who is you know, next to you, to someone else. Okay,
0: let's try that. Okay,
1: so let's try that again. Hey, Eddie, I love this party. I love being hanging out with you, just being
0: right next to you all the time. Oh, I know. It's a really cool party. Do you know, do you know, Um, do you know Sally? Have you met her before? mm
1: no, I have. Oh no, my Sally. God,
0: you you guys have so much in common. You know how you you know how you like uh, Anne with an E. You love that show. She's a huge fanatic of that show. Watches all of them. You guys should talk about that, Sally. You know that. You know that. This is this is Reenie, and you guys talk about that. I'm gonna go uh, talk to a few people, and I'll come back, and oh. we'll talk again.
1: Okay. Hi, Sally. Okay. Bye, Eddie. See oh, you soon. Hi. soon. Yeah. hi. Hi, Sally. I'm Reenie. Isn't it beautiful when
0: different species can live in harmony?
1: And that was much better. <laughs> so
0: quick, so much better. Well,
1: Obviously, again, you know, not, it all, doesn't always end up so clean.
0: Right, right. But,
1: but I think what we talk about is the intention
0: underneath, right? Yeah, you're, try, you're not abandoning the person. You're actually trying to connect them to somebody. You're trying to take their need and, and, and address it and listen to it. And you're trying to take care of yourself too, because you want to talk to people and you can be specific. You can say, I'm going to go talk to a few people. You talk, you guys uh, connect and, and then, uh, you know, we'll circle back.
1: It was a very caring way to do it. You talked about a connection that she and I could have had. I, I didn't feel abandoned. I really felt still connected to you. And then that you were trying to connect me to her. So I thought that really went well. I think we're getting to the end of the show, but what we would love you to do, what would we love them to do? Well, we, the Something.
0: first thing is listen, <laughs> the first thing is listen, listen to the show, and, and you have been doing a great job of that, and 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 share it with somebody. Share it with one other person if you can. And you can find us wherever podcast, wherever you get the, the podcast. If you want to go to bitly.com, you can see it on iTunes, bit.ly l y forward slash Dear Anxiety you want to go to Google, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, whatever, you can find us. It's easy to do. If you want to write us and you want to connect and tell us what's going on at your favorite parties, we'd be happy to hear that too. Where do they do that?
1: They do that at go at gozen.com. So send us an email to go at gozen.com and use the subject line, Dear Anxiety. We would love to hear from you. And also every week, We started this season two. We are creating a printable, an actionable thing for you to do. So go to GoZen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety. Find this episode on succeeding at parties and please get your printable. This is for grownups. This is for tweens. This is for teens. And it's a really tiny little exercise, but it's really for you to feel like you took action based on any little thing that we said here.
0: Yeah, that that's fantastic i you know i i have to i have to do that every single week and i i missed last week so i gotta go back and do that but we, you
1: have to go back, and, to do go it. back and do it and so, you yeah, guys big
0: things coming up
1: big thing i'm so excited i had 20 remarkable conversations i am not kidding these interviews that i do they nourish my soul i do them so that we can reach as many parents and teachers and kids as we can. But I'm not going to say that I don't get so much fulfillment from them. I talk to psychologists, I talk to educators, I talk to thought leaders, and they have so many beautiful things to give us when it comes to raising confident kids, when it comes to raising resilient kids. Please don't miss the Confident Child Summit. We always run all of the interviews for a week for free. That's coming up March 3rd through 6th. And you can grab your free ticket at confidentchildsummit.com.
0: I am very excited about that personally. I think that's such a great topic and something that we don't hear enough about. We hear a lot about success, but there is a, there is something called confidence. And I think it's gonna be, I think some of the information that you're gonna have is gonna be very surprising to people. And, and useful. Confident Child Summit, I know I'll be there. I, I love your summits. They're fantastic.
1: Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for
0: listening. Tell us about your party. Tell us about some tricks, some things that help you at parties. Maybe, you know, attend a party this week. Maybe maybe purposefully attend a party and, and, and have some, some kind of plan. Think about how you feel in that situation. And keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick.
1: I'm Reenie Jane.
0: We'll see you at the next party.
1: <laughs> Thanks, guys. What is going on? What is the show? What are I we doing? I don't know.
0: who. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know who we are.